Thanks for joining us on the Church of the Lakes podcast, where we inspire life, share life, and give life. Want to learn more about us? Check us out online at cotlakes.com. We'd love to connect with you. Now, let's go to the message. We have started a new series, and I've had a lot of fun with this series in the prep of this series, on the one hand, because I think it's just a funny name, um, in that the series is called Me Monster. Uh, me monster. But on the other hand, in my prep, can I be really honest? Um, it really pointed out some me monsters in Mike, um, and how much I, I can be selfish. Am I the only one? Or are you, can you be honest enough to say, yeah, I like the things the way I like things, right? And, and I like food the way I like food, and I like my house the temperature I like it. And I, I mean, like, I, 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 boy, there's this me monster inside of each one of us. And we talked about this concept that was, as we opened the series last week, that, that we think in this world, because the world tells us that more of us is better. So what do we do? We go to bookstores and we have shelves and shelves of self-help books, right? Make yourself smarter. Go back to school. Do this. Study that. Blah, blah. Like if I, if I just figure, if I just make me more, then life will be better. And most often what we find is when we focus on me, 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 actually things get worse. And the Bible has a completely opposite way of looking at this because the scripture says basically less is more. Less of you is more. And what does it mean by that? Well, our goal is to overcome our sinful nature. Uh, that part of us that's me, 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 the way I want it, and, 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 and focused on making me comfortable and getting things that I want, as opposed to we were designed by God to live out a purpose and a plan that he has for us. So the Bible describes a completely different process. Instead of this self-help, self-help, me, 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 it's actually die to myself, the scripture says, and become more like Jesus, fulfilling what he has created me to do and to be. And so that's why less is more, right? Less is more is, is, is the concept that we want to be less selfish, less about me, and more about doing and being what God has called and created us to do. So today, I want to talk about that concept and the, and the me monster concept from the standpoint of, here we go, drum roll, you ready? Relationships. So let's talk about dating, marriage, um, maybe even friendships tie into what we're going to talk about this a little bit today. But um, how many of you have been in love? Any of you? How many of you been in love? Good. Um, how, how many are you are, are in love right now? And if you're sitting there with your spouse, let me give you a little clue. Your hand should be in the air. Uh, right, right. Some of you, maybe you're sitting there with somebody that you're dating and y'all hadn't had the conversation with. And I just made the room really, really awkward. That's okay. Don't look at them. Just keep looking at the screen. Eye contact right here. Just stay right here with me. I got you. Um, but, but as silly as I'm being, there's, there's something that, that bothers me. And, and I think it should bother all of us. When we look at the statistic, 50% of marriages end in divorce. That also is within the church. That that, that 50% of marriages end in divorce. As a matter of fact, we have so much divorce, it's become so normal in our culture that we have a new term you may or may not have heard, and that is, oh, that was my starter marriage. You heard that term? Like starter house, you know, you buy a first house and you kind of fix it up, then you 
update to a newer house and a better house? That, that's kind of a term that's being used. And, and listen, <laughs> I'm not throwing stones at anybody. I've been married 25 years to my first wife. And uh, I've got a good marriage, but sometimes it's tough. Come on, somebody. Right? Like, we have been through some seasons. Uh, let me ask this question. How many of you know that conflict in relationships is completely inevitable? Like, it's going to happen. There's some of you young ones out there. That y'all are still going, oh, no, not us. We're going to do it completely differently, man. And this is what I'm saying to you. No, you ain't. <laughs> like, we all go in with that idealistic thing, right? Um, so, somebody once said it this way. Marriage is like a deck of cards. It starts with two hearts and a diamond. Wow, that's pretty, isn't it? It By the end, you want a club and a spade. Come on, somebody. You know, <laughs> Okay, that's funny. I don't care what you say. But... As much as I'm making a joke about it, it's, it's, it's sad for us to think about. And here's a statistic that will kind of, it, it rocked me. 40% of married couples admit to being unhappy. 40% of married couples admit to be. So how many of them aren't admitting it? Like, wh- what is that percentage? You know, some of you are looking to be married. Uh, you're dating uh, you're divorced and thinking about getting back into the dating scene. You're wondering if this is the one for you or you're engaged. And, there, and there's always this, you know, already this, this tension. And you think that marriage will fix it. I want, you, I want you to think through this concept. We think marriage will fix it. If we just get married, it'll fix it. You know, like I feel like my kids need a dad. So if I just get married, that'll fix that. And can I say to you this, and it's so important for you to hear this, that is not true. Marriage only reveals and amplifies what's already there. Let me say that again. Marriage only reveals and amplifies what are, what is already there. You bring your issues into it. So let me say it to you this way. Great relationships are possible but not probable. Great relationships are possible, but not probable. Now, what do I mean by that? Well, they're not probable because of the me monster inside of us. Right? You have two completely selfish people going into any and every relationship. Think about it. You have two people going in. Why Why is it that when we... <laughs> come on, somebody. Oh, my gosh. When we first find somebody, like... Those little silly things they do, come on, they're so cute, right? Like, you know, you know, y'all would get together and watch a movie, and then he would kind of fall asleep on the couch and start snoring a little bit. He thought it was so cute. And now all you can think about is stuffing a sock down his throat. Now, come on, <laughs> come on, you, you know, right? Like, what used to be cute isn't, is, it ain't so cute anymore. Like, that's how this goes. Why? Because each one of us has a me monster inside of us. Because each one of us is selfish. So Romans 12 and 2 says this to us. Don't copy the behaviors and customs of the world. But let God transform you. Who needs to be transformed? They do. (laughs) That's our response. Because we have a me monster. No, 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 no. Let God transform you into a new person by changing the way what? You Think, right? Our issue is between our ears most of the time. And then you will learn to know God's will, which is good and pleasing and perfect. All right, so let's talk about uh, some me monster relationship symptoms. In other words, what are some things that we can see that are not so good symptoms 
of the fact that we're dealing with the me monster within our relationships. Number one is this. It's poor communication. Right? Poor communication. Now, first of all, we need to define communication. What is it? It is the giving and receiving of information. And most people would stop right there and go, yeah, the giving and receiving of information. Wait, 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 time. Got to finish that, comma, with understanding. It is the giving and receiving of information with understanding. Come on, if there's any of you that has ever dealt with someone of the opposite sex, whether it be in a romantic relationship, friendship, co-worker, whatever, come on now, men speak with blue megaphones and women hear with pink hearing aids. And women speak with pink megaphones and men hear with blue hearing aids. Come on, we can say the exact same words and the guy and the girl hear it completely differently. Right? It's completely, completely different. Like the guy who comes home and says, honey, I brought you a diet book. Well, what's going on in his heart is he's thinking, she said she really wanted to diet. Like she really wants to do this. So I want to help her. And all she can hear is you're a fat cow. That's what you just said. to Come on. Like, right. There's, there's a communication issue there. So poor communication. Most of our conflict in relationships dealing with this me monster starts with a small and somewhat insignificant conflict. And, 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 then, and then we say in the conflict things that get bigger and bigger and bigger. Like most of our arguments, if we'll track it back to the original, it was because they put the toilet paper going under. Come on, somebody. Everybody knows the toilet paper doesn't go under. Come on, toilet paper goes over, right? Okay, some of you are arguing with me, right? But, but again, there's communication. Part of what I do when I do premarital counseling is just that. It's like, let's just figure out where you look at life differently, right? Because we're going to have to figure out how to, to communicate. We have gotten, listen to me, a little loose with our tongues in this country of rights. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? Right? That's a me monster comment. Listen to this. I have rights. I should be able to say whatever I want. Well, that's actually not what the Bible says. (laughs) The Bible says, only say those things that are healthy for building up other people, is what it says. So just because we have a right in our country, doesn't mean it's right or it's going to be healthy for our relationships. And we've got to be careful, because that's 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 the me monster, right? Men especially, listen to me men, we have a tendency to try to intimidate with our words. So we get angry, or we say harsh things kind of a things. Ladies have a tendency to try to manipulate with their words. Right? And we've got to consider that. Is this me monster? Am I trying to manipulate them to do what I want and all this sort of stuff? Kind of reminds me of a, a silly joke. Man and a woman are fighting in the car and I mean they just it's been ugly. Come on, gotten into it. And the dude says the most ugly thing to his wife, he says, How can you be so beautiful and so stupid at the exact same time? And the wife goes, well, I can explain that to you. And he goes, well, please explain. And she goes, well, God made me beautiful so you would be attracted to me. And he made me stupid so that I would be attracted to you. Listen to me, gentlemen. Don't get into that fight with him. You ain't never going to win that one. But anyway, listen, based on that, Psalm 141.3, set a guard over my mouth, O Lord. Right? Set a guard over my mouth. Keep watch over the doors of my lips. Notice the response to conflict in this psalm. Goes to God first and says, guard my mouth. Right? Not go to God and say, fix them because they're jacked up. 
Right? There's a recognition even in that one line of that psalm that there's a me monster, that there's something inside of me. All right, here's, here's another symptom of a, me, a me monster within our relationship is unrealistic expectations. Unrealistic expectations. All anger begins right here. Okay? Hope deferred makes the heart sick. In other words, I want something, I can't get it, so I'm upset. Right? It's, it's really... I have an expectation, an idea of how things should go, but I'm not going to communicate that. If you love me, you would just know what I was thinking. That is the most dumb thing anybody could ever think or say. That is the biggest me monster statement that we could ever make because they're not you. They didn't grow up in the same house as you. They weren't raised by the same people as you. They didn't have the same mentors, the same teachers, the same coaches. Their life experience is completely different from yours. And so when you expect them to be able to just read your mind, that's an, un, that's an unrealistic expectation. That's a completely unrealistic expectation. Look at James 4, 1 and 2. What causes fights and quarrels among you? Don't they come for your desires that battle within you? James is looking at us and going, how come you uh, are, are getting in arguments all the time? Well, I got that one's easy. Did you see what that fool just did? Did you see what that idiot just said? Right? Like, no, no, no. And he says, don't, don't, don't they come from the desires within you? Isn't, isn't this a me monster issue? You want something, but you don't get it, right? Come on, y'all. I want a traffic-free highway. Anybody else? Yes. I, I'm, I want a peaceful home. Yes, I, I want things to be easy, right? Like, why well, can't it just be easy, right? Like, I just want to wear flip-flops every day and for it to be a perfect temperature for me. Of course, you know the problem with that, right? Is the perfect temperature for me is not the perfect temperature for you. Again, me monster, me, me, me. Um, I want carbs that have no calories. I should get an amen on that one, right? Like, like I do. The verse goes on, but you don't get that, so what do you do? So you kill. You covet but you cannot get what you want, so you quarrel and you fight. And this verse goes on to say that you don't have because you don't ask God. The me monster makes us expect things from people, things that, hear me on this, only God can give us. Let me say it to you this way. What you lack spiritually cannot be fixed with something earthly. So an unrealistic expectation... It was to expect what is said to us in Jerry Maguire, if you remember the old movie, you complete me. That's cockapoo-poo, right? There is no person on this planet that completes you. That's just not even true. It is God who completes you, right? That person is a helpmate to fulfill the vision that God has for you, not someone to make you feel better and to make you happy and to do for you and do for you. That is me, 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 and there is where we have conflict is these unrealistic expectations of who they are and actually what they can or cannot do. Now, let me say this. I want to talk to parents on this one before I move on to the next point real quick and just encourage you. Let me encourage you, parents, because here's an unrealistic expectation. Stop expecting no conflict. <laughs> right? Stop expecting no conflict within your home and especially with your kids. You have a sinful child. Okay. Now, some of us, that's part of our problem is we think our child is, you know, he, well, mine's gifted and mine's above and mine's excellent. No, listen, you have a sinful child that you have been tasked to help know God 
and to guide them into the likeness of Jesus. So let me say it to you this way. If you don't have any conflict in that, then you ain't parenting. Right? Like, that's just, if you don't have some friction, you're probably just facilitating their desires. We'll let that one sink in for a second. In other words, feeding their me monster. In other words, it's going to create a person that expects everyone to respond to them. Unrealistic expectations. Number three, another symptom kind of the me monster that we can see within relationships is despising differences. Despising differences, right? You complete me. Well, but now, but that completion irritates you, right? They're hot, you're cold, right? You want to spend, they want to save. You want to spank, they want to show grace, right? My wife and I are so opposite in so many different ways. And that is something to be celebrated. Why do I say that? Well, any great team, nobody on the team looks the same or plays the same position. I mean, here we are. Uh, Super Bowl Sunday, here we go. Like, who are you rooting for today, right? And, and But here's what I would say to you. What if everybody on the Bengals' side of the ball today was 350 pounds? They would lose. They would lose, right? You only need about five of those 350-pound dudes up front. Then you need one little skinny, tiny, little fast guy in the backfield, right? You need some tall, skinny, long dudes that can catch a jump ball out there on wide receiver. You need some guy back here who's who, who maybe can move just a little bit, but it's more about how he uses his brain and how quickly he can respond. Like, everybody on that team is different, but they make a team, right? At some point, what we've got to understand is, is that, that different is not always wrong. Sometimes different is just different. Okay, one of the things I see in our country, and I, and I think our, our culture is pushing us towards this isolation sort of thing, is I think we've forgotten that the U.S. was built upon the idea of having balancing ideas. We call it within our system checks and balances. What that means is, is different than different. Right? Checks and balances. So in other words, there is supposed to be Republicans and Democrats. Or there's supposed to be conservatives and liberals. Or however you want to break that down. Why? Because we should be trying to balance each other. But what we see in our country is we've begun to be, begun to despise differences and say, if you're not like me, I hate you. That's so unhealthy in all that we do. Abraham Lincoln, um, Probably one of one of our most amazing presidents when you go back and read his story. Interesting fact. Maybe you didn't know this. Abraham Lincoln put people from the other party and even people that ran against him on his cabinet. What an interesting thought. That he said, you know what, I'd be willing to listen to a completely different point of view. I may not go that way, but I would at least listen because we're in this together. Right, And if you're in a relationship, we're in this together. And when we get to the point where we despise our differences, we get to an unhealthy place. Mark 3 and 25 says it this way. If a house is divided against itself, that house cannot stand. Right? So, so let's learn to have healthy conversation and healthy debate. Right? I, I've come to see there's a cycle in many marriages that I've watched now over years of ministry. First, the differences are cute and funny, right? But eventually, they get annoying. <laughs> eventually, it just gets to the point where you're like, oh, my gosh, if you didn't pick the socks up, like, 
you know, kind of a thing. But listen to me, if you will stay in the fight, that fight for your spouse and for your marriage, you will come back to a place where you appreciate the differences again because you see how it balances things out. I can say that now 25 years later. Right? There's, there's, there's a middle part in there for years where she's getting on my nerves and drive me crazy and it can't, she, why does she always got to do it this way? And we see things completely differently and I'm a traveler. I'll, man, I'll pack a bag right now and go where you want to go. Right? And my wife, she's like, you know, I ask her, where you want to go? Like anywhere in the world, where you want to go? Uh, Daytona Beach. That's like an hour and a half from here. Right? And for me, I'm like, are you serious? Why? But, but there's a balancing that happens in that process. Listen to me. We're all sinners. We, we all have this me monster inside of us. And it's amazing how we will easily give grace to ourselves. Come on, y'all. Lord, thank you so much for the grace that is new every morning. Thank you, God. Amen. You are so good, God. And then we walk out the door and we're like, yeah, fry them, God. Right? In that process, listen, Romans 3 and 23, everyone has sinned. We all fall short of God's glorious standards, right? So I've got to learn to leave room for you to make mistakes. I've got to learn to to leave a little room. Resolving conflict is not about changing the other person. It's about letting God transform me. Do you remember how we started this? Transform me. I'm not going to copy the habits of the world, but let God transform you, you cannot change the circumstances around you until you let God change what is going on within you. All right? So how do we do that? Well, gosh, how do we resolve conflict? All right? I'm in a conflict right now. We're trying to figure this out. And, and I recognize it. I see that we're at the me monster thing. And if I want what I want. They want what they want. How, how do we deal with this? All right. Well, there's four different ways that you can deal with conflict. One is my way. Right? That's, that's the one our me monster loves. We like that one my way, cause I'm right. How many of you know you're, you're, you're right? Duh. I'm right. Right? Or, I'm the dad, I'm the husband. Line up and submit. Boy, is that abused and, and overly abused. And what happens is, is, is that either we get the skunk or the turtle. You know what I mean by that? In other words, they stink it up or they clam it up. Right? Running their mouth, stinking up the room, or clam up, and I'm not talking about anything. Me, 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 my way, my way, my way. Here, here's another way the conflict can be solved. It can be your way. In other words, just for the sake of peace, I'm going to be the bigger person. And we're just going to do it your way. But how many of you know that resentment sets in? Right? You, you resent. You, you're frustrated. And, and you feel like you're being, I'm just being so holy. Look at me being just like Jesus because I'm letting it be your way. But there's something not healthy within your own heart. Okay, so then there's a third way. That would be halfway. Right? We, we, we do this thing called compromise. Right? Seems like the right thing to do. But how about this? Both of you are ticked off 50% of the time. Right? They're, like there's still animosity, there's still conflict. Can I suggest to you there's a fourth way? And that would be God's way. What, what is God's way? Because what do we do in conflict? We go to Him first. Right? When you've got a relationship conflict, table it for the moment and go tr- draw close to God. Table it for a moment and say we need to take a second and pray. Maybe we can't pray together because we're so upset with each other. Okay, well then go pray separately. And then come back together. But if you can, right, pray pray together. It's amazing. When I stop myself um, from reaching 
and, I mean, reacting to, to people. And, and I stop and I listen to God, how much clarity comes. I'm thinking this way, and this is not a, this is selfish, and this is not appropriate, right? I'm going to let God transform me. Oftentimes, people will say, Pastor Mike, man, we I want you to teach. When you teach, I want you to teach something deep. And I think what people mean by that is they just mean they want to be confused and go, "Wow, that was deep, right?" So let me give you a let me give you a deep concept in a very simple package. Galatians two and twenty. Listen to this. I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. You know what that verse says? It says, I die to myself. I kill the me monster. I work on every time I see the me monster wanting to rear its head going, no, it's not about me. You know why he tells us to die to ourselves? Because dead people don't get mad. Dead people don't get jealous. Dead people don't get offended, right? Even if the other person doesn't come around, you can be at peace. It's not them. It's me. It's not them and what they're doing. It's me. And you go, and I I hear you, Pastor Mike, but, right? Come on. Let's be honest, I've, I've created a tension for you. Because there's a part of you that maybe is buying a little what I'm saying right now, but you're going, I don't know how in the heck I'm going to put that into place. So let me give you some practical. Let, let, let's put a couple things. What are a couple things that we can actually put into play and try to do to change and to quell and to maybe kill the me monster inside of us? So how do we tame the me monster? Number one, I will act, not react. I will act... Not react. Ephesians 4 and 26. In your anger, do not sin. Gentlemen, listen to me. This one's important for us because we lose our temper and we can say some horrific, horrific things that are hard to fix within people, right? Do not sin. In your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you are still angry. Do not let the devil get a foothold. What happens in that moment is that the devil gets a foothold, and then we wonder why. Man, why does my marriage feel jacked up, and why do we feel distant from each other, and why are we struggling in all different areas of this? So let me suggest something to you. Let me suggest that you need a pre-fight plan. A pre-fight plan. All right? How are you fighting, and, and what are the things you are saying? Let me give you some thoughts of, of some things that need to go on your pre-fight plan. We have a plan that we agree. First, don't put it off. Right? We're not going to keep putting it off and not talk about it and try to sweep it under the rug because it never goes away. How about this? Don't call names. No name calling. Because that name is going to stick around for years to come between the two of you. How about this? Don't raise your voice, right? If you cannot say it calmly, walk away, calm down, and come back and say what needs to be said, right? Don't, don't raise your here, here, I put this one here mainly for the ladies. Sorry, ladies, but it, it is. Don't get historical. I didn't say hysterical. I said historical. You know what I'm talking about, right? Because he has said to you, when did I say that? What are you talking about? Don't you remember 13 years ago you were wearing those brown shoes and that green shirt that I bought you at Macy's? I mean, come on, you know, don't get historical, right? We're talking about today, right? And so I've got to let things go. And the more that I bring them up, 
This is not helping anything in this process, right? Um, don't say never or always. I'll, I'll say this one more towards the guys, right? The guys that are not never and you always. And no, neither one of those are true, really. Um, it, it may feel that way, but we don't use those words. And here's a big one. Don't threaten divorce. The D word, can I challenge you to cut it out of your dictionary? Can I challenge you that, that we're not in this? Why? Because here's the last one. Here's our pre-fight plan. I'm with you to the end. I am with you to the end. We are going to have our days. We're going to ruffle each other's feathers and we're going to get upset. But we made a covenant before God to take care of each other in better and in, what's the word? I couldn't hear you through the screen. What, what's the word? Worse. In better or worse. Yeah, well, this is worse than worse. No. No, it's just a covenant that we made. That on the bad days, because can I say it to you this way? It's not on the good days that you prove your love. It's on the bad days that you prove your love. It's on the bad days when you get up and you keep trying. It's on the bad days when you get up and you're upset with them and you serve them anyway and, and do something for them in that place. All right, number two. How do we tame the me monster? Number two, I will focus on the good things in you. <laughs> All right, I will focus on the good things. There's nothing good in him. I'm so sick of him and there's nothing good. That's not true. You know that's not true. Right? I could say the same thing about traffic when I'm sitting in traffic on 27. How in, there's nothing good about this. But what if that traffic slowed me down because I would have gotten in an accident a mile down the road? What if that traffic slowed me down long enough to pay attention to something on the side of the road that God was trying to draw my attention to? That had something to do with my purpose or my me? What if God wants me to pay attention to things that are right there? There's something. You can find something good. I love Philippians 4 and 8. We use this quite often. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, and we usually accent true, noble, right, pure, lovely, admirable. But I want you to notice what I accented for you. Whatever. Like, whatever you can figure out to say nice, say it. Whatever you can figure out to say that is kind, say it. I'll focus on the good things in you. Here's number three. I will apply God's grace to others. I will apply God's grace to others. Again, amazing how much grace we want to receive. Come on. You blow it. You make a mistake. You do something just stupid. And you're like, oh man, I, I sure hope they give me grace. But one person does something dumb and you're, I'm done with them. I'm never talking to them again. I'm right. Like apply grace in that process. Look at Romans 12 and 19. This helps me a lot because for those of you who know me for a while, I, I got a little bit of a temper and I'm a very aggressive personality and kind of an A type personality. And, and so man, somebody wrongs me. I can, I can take an offense and I can do. But this helps me. Listen to Romans 12. Do not take revenge, my friends, but leave room for God's wrath. What that says to me is that's not something for me to cheer. Yes, God's going to strike them down. That's, That's not what I mean. What I mean is that God will take care of things. He'll fix it. I kind of want him to fix it right now, but that within itself is a me monster statement as well. Right? He'll fix it. He'll make it right. I don't care how horrific it was or what somebody has done to you. Leave room 
for God's wrath. For it is written, listen to this, it is mine to avenge. I will repay those three words. Hold on to those three words. I'll repay it. You don't need to repay it. You don't need to try to fix it. You don't need to try to heal them in Jesus' name. Come on, somebody. Uh, right? No, I will repay, says the Lord. On the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he's thirsty, give him something to drink. In doing this, you will heap burning coals on his head. <laughs> Most of the time, first time somebody, somebody reads that, they're like, what I'm talking about. I like to pour some burning coals. But that's not what that means. That was a practice that was used back to, that was symbolic of burning away bad thoughts. Coals on somebody's head is burns away the bad thoughts in them. If you're kind to someone else when they're being rude to you, it makes them think about the way they're acting. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. It is a simple-minded person that thinks that evil will fix evil. It is a simple-minded person that thinks that evil will fix evil, right? God is offering us transformation. Us, me, not the other person, right? But but can only give what I have. I can only give out what I have. So here's something else for us to put in practice. Number four, I will remember God's grace to me. Boy, it's so important for us to remember how much God has forgiven us of, the grace that he has given us, his patience. My goodness, I would not be as patient with Mike as God is with Mike, right? 1 John 4, 8 and 11, this is right out of the message, so this is a paraphrase. The person who refuses to love doesn't know the first thing about God, because God is love. So you can't know him if you don't love this is how God showed his love for us. Here, here it is. So, so he said, this is how God showed his love. So this is actually how we're going to show our love as well. God sent his only son in the world so we might live through him. This is the kind of love we're talking about. Not that we once upon a time loved God, but he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to clear away our sins and the damage they've done to our relationship with God. Dear, my dear, dear friends, if God loved us like this, we certainly ought to love each other. So I want to challenge you today. Some of this that, that maybe the Holy Spirit is speaking to you in, 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 a, in a particular relationship. Maybe it's in your marriage. Where's the me monster showing up in your relationship? And how is it that, that the whole, you can allow God to transform you instead of focusing all your thoughts and your efforts on fixing them or getting them to do what you want? There's the me monster. God transform my heart. Bring a peace to my heart so that the me monster doesn't rear its head and cause more problems like it seems like I do oftentimes in my relationships. Let me pray for you today. Father, thank you for your word today and it's challenging. It's very challenging, God. But we know we have the power of your Holy Spirit living inside of us. So empower us and transform us. And God, help us uh, to kill the me monster that, that wants things the way I want things. God, we want to be your people doing what you have called us to do. So transform us from the inside. Empower us to do what we've read in your word that we need to do today. We pray it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thanks for joining us this week. We'll see you guys next week online. Thanks for joining us today. We would love to help you on your next steps. Please visit cotlakes.com. 
Join us weekly as we continue to know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference in our community.